floop thumb's gotta leave his floop. This is <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> this is spoilers. My parents can't be spies. They're not cool enough. This is a severely uh, millennial episode, apparently, of Spoilers. Spy Kids and Hey Arnold references. Welcome to Spoilers. This is a Patreon-requested episode. I'm your host, Pappy, and we're doing the 2001 children's Robert Rodriguez, now two-movie club classic, Spy Kids. Uh, moderately full boat This is other movie? What was that, Brett? Desperado? Uh, Desperado was the other one, yeah. Also featuring... Antonio Banderas, but moderately full boat tonight. You heard the voice of Brett there. Uh, Mikey is in the process of moving, so he'll be in a new Weistus position, which will be exciting when he comes back. And Stevie is still ill with uh, bronchitis, so send good vibes, Stevie's way. Wait, yeah. Mikey's going to out Weist me? No. TBD. We'll see who's the Weistus. No. No, he won't. You're in California, dude. Yeah, well, is he going to move to Seattle? To Chicago. He's moving to Japan, so it's kind of complicated. Who's actually Weistus? Ah. But let's get started here. We have an opening question, as per is tradition, from our patron. Uh, our patron tonight, and I just had his name up and I closed it. His name is Zach Wilson. He is the quarterback for the New York Jets. And his <laughs> question is... All right, let me just read his message, actually. So this was actually interesting. He gave us two choices. We did a poll on our patron page. I don't know if you guys remember this. Patreon.com backslash spoilers podcast. But Forward he, slash. We did a poll, and our patrons overwhelmingly voted for Spy Kids. It's actually a comeback. Uh, Almost Famous was winning. But then his opening question, which celebrity should or should not make music? For example... Ryan Gosling is in a genuinely good duo, and Peter Dinklage was in a ska band. Thanks, guys, for keeping me entertained on long drives. So, oh, yeah. thank you, Zach, for being a patron. I'll go first. This is Pappy, recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan, like the Primus song. I'm going to go with uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried oh, should not uh, make music. <laughs> <laughs> it would be terrible hearing him sing. What if he like plays a good saxophone, though? Like- I'm picturing him like singing or rapping. Rapping might be kind of funny. But I don't, you know, Iago's enough. I'll put it that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll go We'll go. Weestus to Eastus. Corey, you're the Weestus for now. Uh, say where you're recording from, and then who do you think should or should not make music? Yes, this is Corey. I'm the spy. I'm the spy. You know, from <laughs> Star Wars. Okay. Uh, I'm recording out of Simi Valley, California. Celebrities that should not make music well one celebrity specifically is uh, a guy called bruce willis he's an actor Mm. done a lot of movies you guys know that did you also know that bruce willis sold music as bruno it's kind of like his like alter ego his other persona bruno hey what's up fellas hanging out down here with us under the board let's throw down when the sun beats down I don't like it. It's not very good. <laughs> it's not the worst thing I've ever heard, but it's just that it's Bruce Willis, and I just fucking hate that guy. He's just such a piece of shit. Like, really? I don't know him, but he's a dick to everyone famously, and he's like really uh, rude to people that interview him stuff. He's just a piece of shit. I'm actually listening to a podcast about him specifically called Haley Wood. It's really good. Free promotion for Haley Wood. Um, but 
Bruce Willis should not have done that, but I think a actor that should do music is Henry Cavill. I think he would be great as like a metal singer, like a mm. good metal frontman. You know, he's like big. He's like kind of like a Glenn Danzig type. Just imagine him with like long hair and just you know headbanging. I don't know. I think it works, Henry Cavill. I would love a Henry Cavill character in like Metalocalypse or something. That could be that could be great. And then uh, under the boardwalk from The Return of Bruno is what's playing in the background. Uh, Bruce Willis classic. Uh, Josh, I think you're the next most Weistus. <laughs> Hi there, this is Josh from Goshen. Um, I really just love this question. So many good ideas popping through my head, but I'm going to go with a negative one because I'm feeling like being negative. Um, We were really negative as a podcast about the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones, Mm. which we covered episode by episode. And so one example within all that, actually the episode was called Dragonstone. First episode of the seventh season, in pops Ed Sheeran. Sheeran. Don't say it. Sheeran? Do it. Ed Sheeran. 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 I'm sure maybe whoever's editing this episode has got that music plugged in right about now. So we can hear the sweet, dulcet tones. Always cold, woman's hands it's a pretty song. I've never heard it before. It's a new one. I think that was one of the middling signs of that fr- the Game of Thrones franchise really going downhill <laughs> there towards the end. It wasn't What's the f- that have to do with him? It just isn't a good look. Everyone hated it. Wasn't the Coldplay guy on the Red Wedding episode, like the drummer? Like- what? There's there's precedent for that. He was a little he he is in there, but that to me is more like no one knows what he looks like as much. Ed Sheeran is like sticks out like a sore thumb, like it's him. So to be clear, you're saying multi platinum artist Ed Sheeran should just not make music, right? No, he shouldn't act. I'm taking it the oh. other way. Oh, okay. I could I could deal See with what that. I'm but See that's what I'm not saying? what you said. Okay, okay, okay. I say uh, Ed Sheeran's got a special place in this household so hope you appreciate that outside the box is it in there. the pussy basement <laughs> <laughs> last but not least recording live from no. his pussy basement as you said before the podcast pussy dungeon did not say anything of the sort you can't prove that it's not as bad as the stuff josh says off air josh what did it's, you call this movie heck? <laughs> what <laughs> i want to say what josh called this movie it's genuinely funny say it <laughs> Spy Kids, but I <laughs> typoed it close together. This was not a purposeful okay, thing. Okay, so it looks it like it like said Sp- Kids. A slur. Oh my god, <laughs> I just saw that. Josh, why would you say that? It was a... Dude, I did not mean to. I was just typing listen, probably while driving. Why listen, do you care if they get IDs, Josh? You can't make jokes like that when the two Latino hosts are out, <laughs> Josh. We lose all of our cred. <laughs> Brett, Pussy Dungeon. Back to that. Where would you? What's Who should not make music? Or who should? Okay, so, I mean, I'll say the obvious one. I think the person who should make music is Jake Gyllenhaal. He's got Good. an amazing Answer. voice. There's some YouTube videos of him. He's, he, he could easily be a Broadway singer. Let's maybe not go with Top 40, but Broadway. Uh, and the person who shouldn't, uh, I don't know, uh, Meadow Soprano had like one of the most hated albums of all time, Jamie Lynn Sigler, so let's just go with her. Brett. 
I don't want Jake to go make music and do more projects. I just want him to come over and like play video games and like Nerf Wars with us. Like, all right, all right. I'll think about something else. Um, <laughs> sit on the couch and watch. Uh, what was that movie with the the court jester or whatever, and just crack up <laughs> together <laughs> from Nightcrawler? The movie that he's watching. I don't want to hear Paulie Shore yeah. make music. Paulie Shore music. I don't want to hear him make music. Future pick son-in-law. Can't wait for do that. Well, I hope Zach, that was everything you dreamed for in your opening question. I hope this podcast on Spy Kids is everything you dreamed about. Josh, we'll start with you because, like we've mentioned before, I guess all three of you are significantly older than I am. You were probably too cool for Spy Kids when it came out. Josh, do you do you have any nostalgia for Spy Kids? Was this your first time seeing it? Um, I think I was too busy at this tum- time of my life watching sports and wrestling. Um, right. <laughs> I have seen this before, though, so that wasn't my first time, but it was my second time. This isn't a movie that I've like repeatedly watched. It's not a favorite of mine. I think it's fair to say that, yeah, I was probably not too cool, honestly, Pap, but maybe just a little too old for this heavily marketed kid movie. Wouldn't you say it's very... You said that right at the top of the pod, a children's movie. I would say if I was going to describe this movie to someone who hadn't see the, seen this, it's like the ultimate like kid wish fulfillment movie, almost, to some extent. But I, I was in the prime age for this. I saw both Spy Kids 1 and 2 in theaters. Corey, do you have any nostalgia for Spy Kids? Well, Pappy, I was too cool for this movie. Very much so. Yeah, you're signific- significantly older Same. than I. All three but of you. I was yeah. uh, in a situation where my siblings were um, outvoting me sometimes, you know, when it came to what family movie we were going to go see. And that usually had to do with like blockbuster rentals. But this one we went to see in the theater as a family. And uh, I didn't want to see this. I remember that specifically. My little brothers did. And I think I was 13. So that's, you know, a little bit too old for something like this. But we did see it. And I did kind of like it. I remember having respect for this movie when I came out of it. I was like, you know what? That wasn't as stupid as I thought it would be. The trailers for this were everywhere, man. This was a a big fucking deal when it was coming out. So when we did see it and I came out of it, I was like, well, you know what? It ain't ain't bad. So since then, I've had this memory in my head that Spy Kids is not really a bad movie. And uh, I found that it is a fucking bad movie (laughs) recently. Spoiler alert. It was a phenomenon. I mean, it was number one at the box office three weeks in a row. Made triple its budget back over $147 million worldwide. Um, Brett, let's get into the movie. Why don't you describe family is at the center of this movie. You know, to the extent that we're at the end, they're, they're breaking the fourth wall and saying the most important thing in life is keeping family together. Why don't you describe one of the members of the family to us? Pick, pick anyone. Just to say, I was definitely, I don't remember this at all, this movie at all, being a thing. I always got it mixed up with Baby Geniuses, and (laughs) uh, I don't remember the trailers. I don't remember anything like that. I was too busy taking people down to my basement, you know what I'm saying? Right, the pussy dungeon. Um, So, who do you want me to start with? Why don't we start with one of the kids, Junior Carmen? Which one stood out to you? Because it really opens with them. Uh, let's go with the girl, I guess, who's ask. she's kind of acting childish towards the beginning, but she, you know, with bedtime story, I mean, she's a little old for that. 
She's about 11, right? 10, 11-ish. Yeah, that's about five years too old for a bedtime story. Um, okay, well, she has nighttime problems. It's well established. Right. What's that have to do with it? It just delays the inevitable. <laughs> I think it's a whole routine thing, right? She's scared at huh. night. She pisses her pants at night. She wears a <laughs> diaper at night. Everyone knows. They try to trick you with that, don't they? Don't they kind of make you think it's a boy, or do they say that? They say the kids are still in diapers, and the mom says only one of them is. But I feel like you're supposed to think it's a boy, right? So this is some good. That's a good misdirect, right? Good writing in Spy Kids. That's what we're saying. Yeah. But Carmen, she's she's a little bit childish. She's kind of mean. Yeah, she's mean. She's mean to him, and he keeps like the whole time, "Don't call me names, or I'll call you names." I'm just like, that's a weird threat. He says it so many times, but. Uh, I don't know. She's, they're like training or whatever, kind of early on. They just don't get along that well. Why do they never come back to him dangling? You know what I, you know what I mean? There's that whole shot of him dangling on the monkey bars. I thought at one point he'd have to like pull himself up from something, but they just never, they never pay that off. It's really weird. Why do we have to do this every morning? We already have PE at school. <laughs> Are you going to hang there all day, scaredy cat? Told you not to look down. I can't open. I'm slipping. It's your butterfingers that are slipping. Ugh, hurry up. I can... So I don't have anything better to say about the girl. I mean, she becomes kind of the lead of the movie. And this is something that I notice when I watch movies like this, where you're going to have kids as the main actors. It really makes you... And I don't mean this... The, in that mean of a way, but it really makes you appreciate your Macaulay Culkins, your mm. Abigail Breslin's, you know? In terms of critical commentary, you're saying she's not a good actor? It's not exactly what I'm saying, but like, there's a, a peak that most kid actors can reach, and these kids are probably there, and you can tell they're kid actors, you know what I mean? But like, when you watch um, like a young Macaulay Culkin or like an Abigail Breslin who's young, I mean, I just feel like they're way out of these other kids' leagues, and they're more like actors and not kid actors? Does that? Yeah. Does nobody else agree with that? Corey, better kid actors, Three Ninjas or Spy Kids? Three Ninjas shits on every aspect of this movie every day of the week. (laughs) The boy, Junie, is by far the worst actor in this movie. He's a little bitch, the character, too. That doesn't help. Fuck that kid. And I'm okay with saying that. They could have killed all those robots. They would have... Throwing stars at him, I mean. Now, the three ninjas would have just, like, cleared this whole facility out and, like, had time for <laughs> snacks, you know? You know Grandpa would have been just killing robots. Yeah, he would have been committing murder. Like, he would have killed one man, you know, in there. <laughs> but the kid, Junie, it's funny because my cousin, Johnny, went to school with that kid when this movie came out. And he had nothing but bad things to say about that kid. I remember visiting him one summer and he was saying, oh, that fucking kid is an asshole. He thinks he's the shit because he was in Spy Kids. <laughs> Inside stuff. Well, he's got a, actually, he's got a very extensive uh, filmography. Yeah, so. but he had only done like very small stuff up until then. Like, like you know, re- an appearance on a TV show in like one episode. And I literally knew him from an episode of Friends. Yeah. And uh, an episode of House. That's like what I knew him from. But- the kid in the movie is not a good actor. Uh, he's not a likable character. I don't know, man. I don't like these kids, really. The the girl's like, you know, Neither she, she has her, her head on her shoulders. But she's 
I don't want to say like a Mary Sue, but you know, these kids, they know shit they shouldn't know. They can do shit they shouldn't be able to do. And uh, it really made me think about the argument of like, it's kind of like the Shaq argument with Kazam. He says, it's for little kids. It's not for adults. So you basically have no right to criticize it. And I hate that argument. So I don't think that's valid if anyone would say that to me. But this movie is so bad. It just lacks <laughs> so many things. I'll, I'll, I'll get to more later because I want to give you guys some room to speak as well. But I don't like it to such an extreme. I don't like this direction. Pappy merely asking us to describe a couple family characters. We go off on yeah, this huge right. negative tan- tangent. I, <sighs> Corey, I, Save us, Josh. I want to critique Corey's critique. Let's go. On one hand, he's saying one of the children, oh, too Mary Sue, too, too good. And the other one, well, the three ninjas would do it better. So what do you want, man? Like, are the three ninjas not Mary Sue's? Come on, dog. No, man. Because she's a... The the three ninjas, they earn their ninja techniques. They learn a technique in the movie, and they (laughs) use it later on. This kid can't even remember to hang on the bars. Josh, they learned how to light up the eyes. I saw eyes lighting up in this movie. That's true. You're right. You're right. (laughs) I think a tough thing with the kids is there's not a lot of likable moments for them in the film, right? They're being pretty petty, pretty argumentative between each other. Basically, the only one we get, Josh, is that opening bedtime story that Brett alluded to earlier. Do you want to take us through the courtship of Antonio Banderas and Carla Gugino? I don't know how you say it. Gooch. Yep. AKA Greg and Ingrid Cortez. Yeah. This is part of the movie that isn't necessarily for kids. The, the parents of the spy kids are just gorgeous people. So it's just yes. nice to see them on screen. Yep, they're acting okay. One of my things with like, I don't think the child acting is like great, but I don't think any of the acting is great. I don't think any of the CGI is great. There's there's this layer of cheese kind of consistently over everything, and this story is no different that we get laid out at the beginning. So I like Alan Cumming a lot in this movie. It's literally a bedtime story. And the mom is telling the story about how her and Antonio Banderas back in the day had been opposing spies. So I guess they were from different countries. They named like the OSS as a, some sort of agency is named. I don't know what that's supposed to be. The FBI or CIA or I don't know, whatever. But they're opposing spies. They're sent to kill each other. And then they like have love at first sight. And they start dating in spy ways. And then they get married. And Pappy, maybe you can describe just this Robert Rodriguez over-the-top Catholic wedding that we see. (laughs) Well, you know, their whole courtship is a little weird. Like you mentioned, the wedding is no less weird. Um, I, I mean, the movie's trying to be sentimental to some extent, right, with her walking down the aisle she's like once i saw or once sorry because this is all within the guise of her telling their daughter this is just a random story right so for some reason they're just telling the story of these two spies who fall in love and have babies but they never put it together that it was about their parents but yeah they could fly a jet in like six minutes but yeah they can't put that together very strange but i mean yeah it's a over the top helicopters start coming in out of nowhere apocalypse now style i think one of the things that this movie does not have going for it. And it's evident 
here early and often is the terrible CGI. Yeah. It did not age well. It does not look good. Why do fake sharks? Good question. I mean, you're already doing the fake ship. Couldn't you just put the fake ship in stock footage of real sharks? They weren't they weren't real, right? No. But there were a couple times I, I feel like in this movie where it goes out of its way to like showcase CGI. CGI is bad. The use of green screen is bad. It's so bad. And I think it's um, ah, recent enough, even though it's old. It is old. But it's recent enough where it's not really excusable. When it's used in the action scenes, especially it's bad with the kids. And, um, you know, there's a lot of camera tricks that they have to do to make the action scenes work. But they're done so often and they're so, like, easily catchable that they take you out of it. And it's really just, like, overly ambitious, I think, with the amount of action it wants to perform. Did it look good at the time? Like, I can't imagine this looking good at the time. Like, I'm thinking about even when they're in Chile or whatever later on and that jetpack shoots out of the, the doors or whatever. It looks so bad and it feels like there was no reason to insert that much cgi into the shot but long story short josh like you had mentioned helicopters crash the wedding they escape off in a boat fast forward to today and this is a bedtime story they tell their kids i guess frequently josh question to you is the father of three daughters is antonio banderas a hundred percent right or a thousand percent right that he should not tell they should not tell their kids that they're spies I think, uh, what are you doing having two full-time spies as parents of two kids? I think, I don't think they chose their profession or family situation very wisely. I think one of them maybe at least should have quit the spy game. I'm not saying it has to be the man or the woman, either one. And the other one should have taken a few years off. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think spy is a profession that, like... One, they can't get by on a single parent income. <laughs> like, they're fine. <laughs> That's my take, Pat. They do live in a seemingly very exotic house. Yeah. Downsize the house, have mm-hmm. one parent stay home, be attentive. See, Josh is a responsible dad. He knows. I, I just don't think parents are spies. Like That doesn't even confuse me as much as like the whole thesis of this movie is like how bad it is to keep secrets from people in your family but this is like of all of the secrets that are like okay secrets this would be one of them (laughs) the fact that you're a spy like you're literally endangering your children the bad guys are walking thumbs what do you (laughs) guys want this the cgi (laughs) is kind of cheesy and bad like it's a cartoon. Do you I, like this movie, Josh? I thought you, you came in so negative early in the pod. I thought, it's, oh, we were in for a negative Josh night. It sounds like you like it. I don't want to give away where I'm going to land at the end of the pod, yes or no, because we always do a yes or no segment to, to rate a movie, if you will, at the end of these. But I, I'm i not so negative as the other guys. I will say that. and I, I, You have no idea what my opinion is of the movie. And I, yeah. And you have no idea how little I care. And Ooh. the... <laughs> CGI is bad, but it just like it fits into the movie for me. It didn't seem like it was taking itself so seriously. Like, look at this art of a shark. It was like, look at this 
funny shark, it's probably kind of scary for kids. The CGI sucks, and the movie sucks, so it's good that the CGI <laughs> sucks. <laughs> well, Corey, I thought of you in the scene where Junie goes to school. If that felt the whole sequence there felt like a very 90s movie sequence. Did you like that? And they never came back to Did it. Did you like that flashback? Uh, or that mini dream sequence or whatever it is? The uh, moment where Antonio Banderas is like kind of confronted by another aggressive dad at the school. Yeah, a big a big guy. Yeah, that's the, that's the part where the son is being bullied, right? And then the, the dad kind of comes out to see what's going on and he sees that the bully's dad is like egging him on kind of. Maybe like with one line, not in a big way, but he has the fantasy where he chucks him through a window. Uh, it's it's kind of funny how like abruptly violent that is, but I mean it's not really a scene I liked particularly. No, I mean it. I guess it was one of the uh, the few high moments. There's a couple things in this movie that I appreciate. That one was okay, I guess. See, I knew you'd like it because it feels very '90s with like the whole. Imagining what you would do, the boy for like first kid in. I know you know first kid, right, Corey? Yeah, Bruce Willis, my favorite actor and singer. No, oh, that's the kid. First kid? Yeah, first that's kid. kid. Sinbad. That was you're right. Yeah, that's the reason yep. that uh, people think that he did the movie uh, Shazam, the genie movie. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's first kid that like people saw that trailer and and i'll explain it on the kazam podcast anyway (laughs) why did you bring up first kid brett it just reminded me of that i I was backing up pappy saying it was very 90s and that is the first thing pat about the scene that bugged me the most is they never came back to it like i was like well at least i can wait till the end of the movie when he's going to come to school oh. and Junie's going to beat up the little kid and Antonio Banderas is going to beat up discount Rob Riggle. And, but like they never came back to it. And that really bugged me. Yeah. I was, was waiting for it the whole time. That would have felt, I, I'm glad the movie's only 90 minutes. I'll put it that way. Like, I don't know if it, I needed a little coda where they, he comes back and like zaps him with some gum. Yeah, it's like, do you want that or the movie to end? And it's like, I'll just take it ending. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess presumably it's all to like make like Junie just seem like more pathetic because like, he kind of gets the the biggest arc out of any of the characters. Um, and it starts with this weird obsession with a guy called Floop, who is in the spoiler or in the opening spoiler. <laughs> Alan Cummings, Brett. I know you've been ha- coming, uh, coming singular. I know you've been critical of the acting. Alan is Cummings, uh, but I thought he was great. I thought he was the single best performance of this whole movie, and is believable as this weird eccentric character. Two things. One is I was not critical of the acting. I just you said, said there's some a, mean things about some little kids, Brett. We have it no, on tape. Uh, Corey did. I was just mentioning the difference between really good kid actors and these kid actors. Corey's one that was like, oh, they're terrible. It's terrible. It, it didn't matter. Secondly, Alan Cumming was definitely the best part of this movie. Um, he, I, I, just, I really, really liked him in this movie. And uh, he was a perfect for that floop-de-floop or whatever his name is. Floofy floof. Floop. 
Singular. Um, like coming. He was my favorite part of the movie. I love when he was a, a good guy at the end. He just was really, really cool and really believable. I mean, yeah, he turned from bad to good really easily. But and like it's kind of like, well, are we just going to forgive all the other stuff? But I think maybe he just got into a hole that he couldn't get himself out of. Let's dive into that, Corey. What is the hole? This is spoilers. What? And I think this is worth saying out loud, be just to emphasize the ridiculousness of the story that is Spy Kids. What is the bad guy's plan here? Like, what's happening with Floop? What's the end game? Yeah. So Floop is a TV show host. He has a children's TV show where he has, you know, seemingly people in costumes as like kind of wacky characters, maybe in like a Sesame Street on acid kind of thing. The number two rated kids show, very prominent, very public, not conducive to a weapons manufacturing scheme. It's got a Teletubbies vibe. Teletubbies, that's good. Yeah. that's And it was very much yeah. of the time. He's also an evil inventor, or maybe just an inventor, but working for some evil people on, um, I don't know, terrorism or some generic shit (laughs) (laughs) he works for a guy called mr lisp who is an advanced prototype t1000 hk with mimetic polyalloy (laughs) oh yeah he's the real big bad he's the suit you know he's the money guy behind it all kind of like yelling at him like i need you to get my inventions out on time so i can take over the world so floops kind of like churning out ideas and one of the things that he produces is spy kids that's the name of the movie. This movie is called Spy Kids, but it's not because the kids are hey. spies. It's because of his invention, I guess. It's clever. It's genius, genius, it's, genius, it's like, genius. It's like Pet Smart and Pet Smart. You know, it goes both it, ways. It's like that. It's exactly like that. It's that little bit of cleverness. But Spy Kids are robots that he creates. You know, they have all the qualities of robots. They're super strong. You know, they're programmable. Uh, they're not very smart though, but. They're little kid robots that are going to go out and be their assassins. And and I guess the example he gives is like he has the president's daughter as a robot. So he could sneak it into the White House to, I guess, you know, kill Biden or whatever. <laughs> I think all that's to say, to Josh's point, and I know, Corey, it's like, you know, Pixar can make movies that entertain adults and kids, but all logic is thrown out the window, right? Like this isn't even trying to make sense to anyone over the age of 11 years old all logic all quality anything of value fuck it <laughs> what the this is just so weird from someone who loves three ninjas so much i don't get it it, it feels honestly on par look god damn it the sentiment shifted in the 2000s <laughs> and this is one of the first phases of that and i'm angry at it okay what do you mean all right what all right let's what the sentiment what do you mean the sentiment so like Three Ninjas is a kind of movie that I've talked about a lot. It's like the bad kid movie, right? Like the 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 premise is more or less that like the kids are are kind of bad in a way. They're kind of naughty. They're you know maybe they're doing the right thing ultimately, but they're home aloneing some people. There's a lot of movies like that. Problem Child's probably an extreme example of a bad kid movie where he's the protagonist. Um, I think in the 2000s, it was more like Pappy was saying, like the wish fulfillment kid movies. And uh, that's kind of where I started to like get a little bit older. And that coincided with like the change, the genre change. And 
um, there, I don't know. It was kind of like the Harry Potter thing, kind of like this. And you started to get like the Chronicles of Narnia, even though that book had already existed. It was like repopularized due to that, uh, the popularity of that kind of stuff, right? So like the the kids fulfilling this fantasy, their life is actually related to something more fantastical. And now the kids are going to be the hero of that story. Mm -hmm. I just don't really like that as much. If I'm being honest, this movie is still bad, even though I have that problem, but I do have that problem and I can admit it. This is a lot better than three ninjas knuckle up. Can you agree with that? Three ninjas knuckle up is the worst movie ever made. Yeah. (laughs) Like you think that thunder mountain or whatever is better than this, than that one, right? (laughs) Thunder mountain. Get it right, bro. High noon at Mega Mountain. This isn't a Three Ninjas pod. We'll save that for big dumb movie. Big dumb movie. (laughs) But Cheech Martin shows up. The parents get captured because they go out on one. Oh, Cheech Martin. Cheech Marin. Whatever. Marin. 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 Whatever. Listen, I wasn't supposed to behind the curtain. I wasn't even supposed to host tonight. It was supposed to be Mikey because he hates Spy Kids, and then he moved. And then it was going to be Stevie. Then he got sick. So here I am hosting Spy Kids with limited notes, but. Cheech Marin shows up, Uncle Felix, parents get captured. We get the line from the trailer that I heard a bajillion times when I was a kid. My parents can't be spies. They're not cool enough. My parents can't be spies. They're not cool enough. And the kids escape to the safe house. And this is like some ultimate wish fulfillment stuff here. Josh, what goes down at the safe house? Dude, that line, my parents can't be spies. They're not cool enough. First of all, it's so stupid because your dad is Antonio Banderas. Yeah. True. Your mom's like one of the most gorgeous people on the planet. But also, why, it's almost like they shot that for the movie, for the trailer, for the marketing. Something of it just, I didn't remember it specifically from the marketing, Pap, but of every line in this movie, that one was like, well, I've heard that a thousand times before. It's, a, it's literally ingrained in my brain. <laughs> and I, it must just be from like VHS opening scenes, DVD, you know, <laughs> coming soons. Sorry, what was your question though initially? So the, the, the kids escape on this submarine to the safe house where they're going to supposedly meet up with some friendly agents. What, what, what all goes down here at the safe house? And there are some cool ideas here, I guess, maybe especially if you're a little kid. Big Macs on demand. Yeah, they go to the safe house and there's no moment while they're underwater where there's like a bigger fish. That would have been really cool. Would have loved it. Yeah, yeah. A couple fish, big things trying to eat them or whatever. Hmm. But they make it there quite safely and they get in there. And I think it's as far as like the characters are concerned, they are. It's like dawning on them the scope of their parents being spies. And I think that's like what's playing out in their heads. And I like they don't have special powers. And especially like the young boy has nothing really p- good going for him at all. But we can throw his voice somehow. So that is his one <laughs> genetic yeah. spy ability. And he can like imitate people too, right? Like that's a really weird part of the movie. It is a very weird part of the movie. Where'd it come from? Yeah. <laughs> Why is it not addressed? I. You know what? I I feel like they're just milling around looking at knickknacks and they're like reading books generally. And what happens is one of those agencies I mentioned earlier, the FBI, the BBC, the CIA, whoever it may be, they knock at the door and it's like a double cross and those thumb pad guys are with them. (laughs) So they get into this big chase. 
who's the who's the main woman who's a bad guy? Um, Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher. Yeah, Terry Hatcher is. She's real and she's magnificent. <laughs> she's one of the you know cronies of the big bad of Mister Lisp, I guess, but. Um, is that pretty much what concludes this whole safe house thing? They haven't met Machete yet, have they? Machete. I, I'm still recovering you from you saying that the kids are being chased around by BBC. That's that's pretty intense. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's the Office of Strategic Services, by the way. Uh, they which later turned to the CIA, but for some reason they're still called the OSS in this because it's all just made up fantasy world, you know. Happy, do you like Terry Hatcher in this movie? What do you think of her? I don't think she's good. Um, you don't think she's good? I don't. I don't like her character. Um, I mean, like even from like the moment she shows up. I mean, obviously it's a kids movie. They're gonna like way foreshadow that she's the bad guy. I just I don't see what the point of her being a love interest to Monk was later on either. <laughs> it's just like I don't. I don't know. It, it felt out of place to me. A little bit. And like how she's like flirting with Antonio Banderas. I, I don't know. She seemed, I've never seen this movie. She seemed bad right away. Like, I don't know if they were trying to hide it or not, but they didn't do a very good job. Like, I was like, man, she's pretty scummy. Also, in one of the books, they call it the Organization of Super Spies. So it's whatever. It's whatever it wants to be. Presumably, Corey, to answer your question, this is a comedy. And the only funny thing that she does is, I guess at one point she wears a silly wig or part of her head's shaved. And that's supposed to be funny, but uh, did you have strong feelings about her either way? Yes, yeah, sexually. Ooh. Um, I I remember watching Lois and Clark as a oh, kid, yeah. that old Superman show from the 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't remember thinking much of her, but watching it now, maybe I'm older, man. She is like very pretty. That I kept thinking that every time she was on, even with the wig. <laughs> so that was like my distraction from this fucking chaos CGI nightmare. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Pappy, I laughed out loud one time in this movie mm. and it was during the safe house scene. <laughs> it's when the guy jumps up into the ceiling fan. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that made me laugh. He like jumped to try to catch her and his hand went in the ceiling fan and he was like, ah! <laughs> that's, that's it. I, I think something else worth pointing out here too at the safe house, safe house scene Spike is, you know, directed by Robert Rodriguez. It's pretty focused on Latin American culture, right? Like even to the joke where she has this long name, you know, and she doesn't use yeah. that name. And I remember seeing this in Elkhart, Indiana, and that, you know, th- those kind of jokes getting a big laugh and that kind of representation. You know, people coming out to see that it made a lot of a lot of money. Um, but the jokes that I'm not a fan of are like the pee and poop jokes like, that happened on the guppy or later on with the shark i i hate poop jokes and pee jokes and kids stuff but they're kid jokes though right like but it's i didn't think the poop going into the water was that bad of a now flushing your poop it's just like the lowest hanging fruit possible you know what i mean right they say like ne- the words now flushing your poop when he uses like the the toilet on that submarine or whatever it is so that kids will laugh right it was like yeah. so written so that Kids will laugh. It's going to say now flushing their poop, and then the kids will laugh. I'm never going to pee again. That's what an joke. ugly, goddamn terrible thing 
Corey. The kids will laugh. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> Stoop so it's, low. But it's so easy. I mean, like you can say poop. It's cynical, Josh. You can literally say poop a thousand times in a row. It, it could just be a ninety-minute feature of someone going poop, and kids would laugh. It doesn't mean that we should be yeah, doing it's, that. It's fucking. It's ow my balls, yeah. right? It's uh, oh my balls. idiocracy. <laughs> Balls are classic jokes. Yeah, it's not like when Mike Judge does they're it. They're better than fart jokes. I feel like you hate fart jokes. I mean, listen, in real life, farts are hilarious. Don't get me wrong. But it's that's why I said it's like the lowest hanging fruit to like write it into your story. But you love South Park. <sighs> Explain your love for South Park then. It's half poop jokes. Yeah, first three seasons. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. More. There's more violence in South Park than there is in Spy Kids. I enjoy. <laughs> I enjoy that part of it. But... Back to Spy Kids. Let's get really deep on the plot now, Josh. There's a whole nother wrinkle. The third brain. What the fuck is the third brain? Well, first of all, Monk isn't just a minion. He's Mr. Minion. Mr. Bum, minion. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Come on, it's a little bit Come funny how like everyone's just like taking off these little pieces of clothing <laughs> as their costume, like like a little mustache or their glasses. Self-aware. There are a couple like little hidden messages in the movie about this like third brain thing. And it turns out that there is a secret experiment that Antonio Banderas was working on. And basically he created AI. And it's like this little McDonald's toy looking brain. <laughs> so plasticky. Yeah, it looks like a piece of shit, right? Dude, it looks like <laughs> it looks like someone 3D printed it. It doesn't look like it looks like someone printed it in the first year of 3D printers coming out to the public. <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, so this piece of technology or whatever is what Mr. Minion now is after. And I bring up Mr. Minion because once he has this third brain, he no longer needs Floop or Floop. Boris from Goldeneye. He no longer needs him any longer, right? Mr. Cummings is no longer valuable. Nightcrawler. <laughs> it's feels like an unnecessary wrinkle to this plot, right? Because you have like Antonio Banderas now kind of playing outside of the bounds of morality, stealing this thing and then lying to his wife about it. Like, this is too much for a kid's movie, right? But not in the sense that it's like too much for kids to handle, but just like no one gives a shit about this level of story. Yeah. I thought the the Mr. Minion thing trying to put his thoughts into the big brain was like really shoehorned in. That it was really weird. What does that even mean? You know? No, and I thought they did a bad – I actually thought he did a pretty bad job of explaining what he was talking about. And definitely the flashback didn't show anything. It just literally showed him like looking over – Looking at the brain and Antonio Banderas kind of like being like, and then like that was it. But yeah, yeah, I don't don't know. I don't think the story's too complex for kids, but it's just annoying. I I don't know. Every time we're getting into this flashback, I'm just like so bored with this part of the movie, which is already barely getting to, to 90 minutes anyway. But the third brain is the end game for the bad guys. Meanwhile, we have the the good spy kids flying to San Diablo. A it looks like Chile. There's Chilean flags, but it's not a real city in Chile. They meet their uncle, Brett Danny Trejo. I think you like him, right? Yeah, I like Danny Trejo. 
don't you tell, uh, tell us about his uh, character? I do have a question for you real quick. Is Please. he the Machete from the movies? Gotta be. That movie came out after, right? Like in 2010? Yeah, oh yeah, way after. Um, yeah, there's a couple of them. So, okay. Um, so he is like a super genius tech guy. Yeah, everything he makes is very childish in its implementation, like silly string and chewing gum. What a sweet uncle. Yeah, I mean, but like, he's like, he's like nice personality wise, but he's also kind of gruff. Like he gets annoyed. I don't know. Uh, he's a, he's bitter at his brother. He's mad at his brother. And you don't really know why, but uh, he kind of echoes what the girl said earlier. I'm tired of taking kind of care of my little brother. I only want to take care of myself. Um, I think you find out maybe that she implies that he sold his gadgets to everybody. And that's why the brother didn't like him because he should have only sold it to good people. I don't know if they ever really come around. They come around to it at the, again, but they don't like, he just says, I don't remember what you said. And he said, I don't either. Why did you come back? For the same reason I left. You know what? I don't remember that reason. Neither do I. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Let it go, let it go. He's fine, he's gonna be fine. Emotional, Latinos. You got a theory for that, Pap? Why uh, Machete and Antonio might have bad blood as brothers? I don't remember. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Oh-ho. It's a Stevie question. Listen, I... I <sighs> I feel like that's what's weird about Spy Kids, right? Because on one hand, it's this, it's trying to be this like over the top wish fulfillment. You know, like I said, like the weapons are bubblegum and fucking silly string movie. But on the other hand, like when it's trying to connect with adults, it's very preachy, right? This is like, oh, the fights that you have with your siblings. You know, people have fights that they don't even remember what they were fighting for anymore. And then that last shot without like looking in the camera, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought the Danny Trejo character was cool. That's just because Danny Trejo is cool, though, right? Probably. But he's great in this movie. I'm kind of blown away now. Because like, I did think about it briefly when I was watching the movie, but that is like some early shared universe shit going on, right? Yeah. Because, all right, Machete, he's in this movie. He's got his own movies, and I, don't, I haven't seen him, but I understand he's just like, Murdering people in hilarious ways, right? <laughs> Have you guys seen them? Is that accurate? I haven't seen any of them. No, I've never seen either. I would assume the continuity aligns with Spy Kids, though. Right. So he probably like mentions that he has a brother in the Machete movies. I'm guessing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or like a nephew and a niece, but I mean, maybe he like pulls out a wacky gadget here and there. I should probably watch that. Um, he's got a thumb thumb sidekick that goes around with him. Oh no, let's not go too far. <laughs> Uh, Josh, how do you feel about Danny Trejo? You sound like you liked him as an uncle. Do you think he's a good character? Yeah, I think they needed a character like this that was cool <laughs> for anyone. Antonio like, Banderas isn't cool enough. He's cool, but he's like Not kind of a spy. he's kind of in the midst of all the cheese, and I think Danny Trejo's character kind of pushes through that a little bit. He's like so tough. That even though he made weapons that are bubblegum things, he's still like, you wouldn't mess with him if you saw him on the street. Like, 
I don't know. He's just so great on screen. And maybe Corey's right. It's like it's only a good character because it's him. But it is the casting. I think that's just a good cast then. It's it's fun. that might be fun for the adults too, right? To see Danny Trejo show up to some extent, or Monk show up, or George Clooney. But I feel like that's the level of entertainment as an adult you're gonna get out of this to some extent. Like, oh, I know that person. I'm here for Alan Cumming though, personally, Pappy. Like, I like that dude a lot. Like in everything I see him in, like it, it makes me a little bit happy inside. Uh, that was also true for this. I know you guys kind of praised his like wacky performance earlier but uh, i agree with that i think he's cool so like there is a level of that um in this movie for me with him i think that's what they think we feel about cheech and chong when they show up i feel nothing when those guys show up yeah i i I did for a while um i actually used to like cheech a lot more than chong and now i kind of like chong more but yeah they that kind of got old 20 years ago, and he's Cheech is still popping up. They're both still popping up and things, so kind of weird, yeah. I'm with you there. I think it's like in 2001, like in your family, you know, like the two parents, like the dad's gonna like elbow the uncle, like, haha, Cheech showing up. You know what I mean? But again, <laughs> that's all you're gonna get from this we movie. We smoke weed, too. Yeah, you remember the 70s? Hell yeah, dude. Uh, so while all this exposition about the third brain is going on and while the spy kids are with Danny Trejo, there's also these robot spy kids who look just like the good guy spy kids chasing after him. They take back the third brain and in, in an effort to save their parents, the articular Cortez spy kids steal one of Danny Trejo's plants and fly off to save their family. Brett, I know we talked a little bit earlier about how bad the sharks look and the pee joke here but anything else you wanted to mention about the um cave of sleeping sharks uh are we mixing two parts of the movie together is that what the cave is called at the end this is when they're breaking into the place right i thought this was before uh they're they're like sneaking in at this point okay because i didn't think they were sharks there uh they're sharks when they were leaving at the beginning i think the pee joke is probably the that's like the worst joke in the movie like that pee is not really going to register and all that but anyway um <laughs> do sharks I mean, really sleep like that that can't be a thing can it i don't think so i don't know if they they can't move if they have their fish they have to keep moving can you google or they'll that die, can you so. google that brett to confirm <laughs> what they they're fish they can't what are they sleeping upside down they were up they were right side up in the scene they just weren't moving. In all their CGI glory. I don't, I don't know. They may have been swaying. There's a, a line bit. in the movie. I must have missed that. She's so. like, if there's a certain salinity in the water, sharks will gather and sleep. I think it's got to be bullcrap. Did I miss that? I feel like you did. But that can't be true. Why are they lying to kids about shark sleeping habits? Brett, confirm. I don't think that's true, but... I, I- what what's it, what is it again? I'll look it up. I don't remember that from the movie. Do so sharks, I must, uh, just Google do sharks sleep in certain solidities? And let us know what you find. All right. So Corey, in the meantime, the kids are now breaking in to the place. They're showing off all their spy gadgets. I, I know I alluded to them earlier. What's going through your mind when you're seeing the sh- the silly string and the gum being thrown around? Spy kids gonna spy. You know. You love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, it's uh, it's good that they deliver on this kind of thing um, because it's needed for a movie like this. I mean, you got to give the audience what you're selling, right? Like this movie is called Spy Kids. You look at the poster and you might think like, oh, it's about two kids that are professional spies. Um, on one hand, it doesn't make sense that they have some of the greater abilities that they have. On the other hand, if they didn't do any good spy shit, then this movie would be a disappointment in that way, right? Because, you know, you want to see the kids, like, break out their gadgets and kind of kick some ass. Um, so they do that. I don't like it, but that doesn't really matter. They do it. Um, I like a different aspect of the movie, though. When they're in this compound, this facility, the evil lair, Floops, Floop. Singular. His name is Floop, not Floops. Floop has flugels or fluglies or something like that. He has creations. He has like mutated other spies into these nightmare inducing monsters that look legitimately cool and kind of like killer clowns from outer spacey. And I do like seeing them kind of just be around, even though they don't like do a lot directly a lot of the time. They look cool for the most part. Josh, how'd you feel about the production design of Floop's Palace in general? Like, I mean, it really culminates in the virtual room, but I thought, you know, even while these kids are just running around, like the creativity around the puzzle floor, which is sometimes a floor, sometimes it's not. I, I thought this part looked pretty good. I think this is when the movie's at its best, honestly. It's really... It just feels like you're a kid when you're in this place watching spy kids and there's a virtual room well everything's just magic basically the virtual room is like you're in there and seemingly anything can happen at one point you have alan coming just being like huge like blade runner Anna de armas or whatever her name is like size talking and then you have another room like that floor that antonio banderas just like smacks his face on but is daughter just like luke skywalker's all the way down i don't know really what happens with that actually so many movie references <laughs> <laughs> no but Pap, i guess to sum up just this palace i think it's it's a place where it's like a bad guy's lair i feel like we've seen this before in other cartoons when we we're younger like this is where puzzles need to be solved and bosses need to be killed right the good thing with a place like this pappy is that like they can really do anything right there's nothing really outside the realm of possibility within the confines of this facility in terms of like the storytelling still i i, I don't think it really works for me but like it's a it's a good bit of um of writing to give yourself that freedom i think i think even what i'm impressed with one is the creativity and you know the virtual room is really cool it's a kind of a cool concept you know maybe it doesn't look that great in 2021 to see like five green screens in a circle creating this effect around someone but whatever it's still cool the colors itself though of the palace like i, I you know those like twitter accounts where they'll like show all the colors in an individual shot or whatever like that would just be the color palette yeah that'd be really cool to see for like some of these scenes like legitimately like that i'm not saying spy kids is some like 
cinematography masterpiece or whatever but there's a lot of like bright vibrant like i said it, it feels like this is a movie for little kids there's a lot of really cool like stained glass in the palace yes. kind of like main room and some of those wide shots where they're showing the levels and all the little squares and the detail that's in that is really pretty cool even the um throne that he sits on which is like a hand but all of the fingers on the hand have a face which kind of ties into the the fuglies or whatever he's making or whatever but it i don't know there's a lot of creativity being put into this like specific scene in the movie and the movie's smart right because it's going to end on this the climax is in the best coolest location of the movie so that's good job robert rodriguez but the climax itself Corey, what goes down here what how do things come to a head we have mr lisp coming back whole lot of whole lot of coming during the climax yeah. we have your My girl gosh, terry hatcher Brett. okay <laughs> we have terry hatcher I you remember i was here here girl well did you find anything about the sharks brett by the way okay i got a couple things first of all some shark species can sleep air quotes some of them some have to keep moving i, I found nothing about the salinity so but like they don't sleep like we do they don't have eyelids and everything they kind of just like power down but secondly that is what definitely i do. had their eyes closed in this yeah movie. they don't okay secondly i figured out about why i didn't see the shark scene because what i watched didn't have that wait what apparently the it's the whole thing i'm reading about the mandela effect about people talking about the shark scene and people are like i've watched that movie a hundred times they don't say that they just talk about the water's warmer here i okay i just peed did you guys hear that part i literally run in the movie on YouTube, the, that shark thing's definitely. You saw it, right, Corey? What are you saying isn't there, Brett? When he says, "I just peed." Right. I be- okay. I believe you. But what I watched it on, it says that, and apparently the one uh, that is the version that's going around is a special edition one, which was re-released in in theaters and includes the shark scene, uh, thanks to the increased budget, but. In the original one, which apparently I watched, there is no shark scene. What? They're just going, and she says, the water's warmer here, and the kid says, oh, I just peed. Fascinating. That's what I saw. That's why I had no idea what you were talking about, and you obviously had no idea what I was talking about when I said the pee thing. Josh, did you just have a shark thing? I can't believe this fucking Spy Kids is going to fucking Blade Runner us, of all the movies. (laughs) (laughs) But people are like going nuts about it on TikTok and like That's it. Spy Kids is officially boring. No. Right, Pappy? <laughs> no, this I lied. This makes it a thousand times more interesting. I want to watch all the different cuts and own them on <laughs> Real Betamax. Quick though, Josh, shark scene or no shark scene? Well, I rented it from YouTube as well, so I, I did have the shark scene, yeah. I feel like it's a mistake to include it. It's not good. I don't remember if you asked me oh yeah, I don't I didn't hear anything about the solemnity. Uh, they don't actually know a lot about some of the like great whites. They don't know very much about. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that's a real thing. And like you said, if they had eyeball like eyelids, that's not. They don't have eyelids. So, how long was the cut that you watched? Because the one that I have on YouTube is like exactly ninety minutes. Is the theatrical cut of Spy Kids less than ninety minutes? Ooh, I feel like it was longer. I, I don't know. I, I, I got a hundred and twenty-eight. According to IMDb. So it's probably... That could literally just be that one two-minute scene. I'm going to have to look now. Less than 90 minutes, Spy Kids. But Corey, we're wrapping up the plot here. What are the, we talked about how cool 
this throne room looks. What what happens here in the final showdown? Uh, well, there's a lot of running around in this uh, third act of the movie in the palace. There's like, you know, Fluglies kind of showing up here and there. Alan Cummins like trying to do science. You know, the kids are like escaping other spy kids or trying to figure out how to take on their adversaries which are stronger than them and now have a brain. So that I guess that just means they can talk. Uh, the adults are getting captured, getting rescued, getting captured, blah, blah, blah. Tony Shalhoub mutates himself for reasons I don't remember. So he has like, you know, four heads um, for the toys. You know, you got to have the, the villain toy. Okay, but it looks cool because all of the faces smile at once. That's a nice little yeah. little thing. 88 minutes. Do they smile? At, when he smiles, they all They all change? smile, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was one thing I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, that's a good touch. Although, still, he doesn't really hold a candle to the other ones, especially the one that they close up on a few times, the guy with the big rictus grin. Uh, that one looks pretty fucking epic. That, is this, is that, uh, do you guys know that person's name? No. Because that might be Mike Judge. It is Mike Judge. Okay. It's Don again. And and Richard Link, Linklater is in this movie, too. Like, Credit is cool spy. Did he cool get like a bunch of fame? Yeah. Yeah, cool spy. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, did you hear me, Pap? 80, uh, 87 minutes and 57 seconds. That might literally just be the one difference, which yeah. that's like literally the worst joke in the movie, we were saying. That's a weird, weird thing to change. but That's the small time difference, yeah. Because I was talking about the sharks earlier when they're escaping in the secret boat thing. But Corey, what about when uh, Danny Trejo shows up? Are you getting pumped up at this point? I, I This is one of the few things I remember from the movie, and I don't know why, Pappy. So remember, I saw this movie in theaters the one time. Since then, I've kind of had this uh, incorrect notion that this movie ain't that bad. And I only remember a few things from it. So some, I remember Alan Cumming was in it, and I remember he was kind of like wacky. I remember the kids had the gadgets. That probably goes without saying. I remember the basic plot, but I distinctly remember the family, so the two parents and the two kids being in the whatever emperor throne room, the big boss room where the T-1000s kind of overseeing everything. And then all the robots come in and supposedly there's 500 of them. And then the dad says like, all right, I'll take this hundred. You take that hundred. You take that hundred. You take that one. But there's like 100 left. So who's going to take those? Danny Trejo crashes through the window, Machete! does a somersault, pops up. Let's fucking he's go. Like, I'll take him, Vato, or whatever he says. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a big action sequence, but kind of at the last minute, Alan Cumming comes through. He like, reprogram. I don't even know what he does, to be honest. I guess he reprograms the robots so that they're good now. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. But um, I don't know why, Pappy. Maybe... Maybe someone can can help me. Is it because that's uh, good filmmaking that that happened? I I want to say no. Like it seems like kind of a letdown of a big action scene. You know, <sighs> you know, and this movie kind of stays away from any real violence, right? Because like Brett mentioned, the only thing that really happens to the bad guys in the safe house is one guy busts his fingers on a ceiling fan. That wasn't really inflicted by the kids when mm. uh, the Cortez parents do actually beat up the people who are holding them hostage it's like this really almost slapsticky looney tunes cut where it cuts to the kids and you hear like 
punch, 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 like, like stupid sound effects and it cuts back and all the bad guys are on the floor. So they don't get into the Cortez family beating the shit out of a bunch of little kids, even though they're robots. I don't think that would have looked great optically for this movie. So I, I think it's, I don't know. It makes sense. Can we all agree that Terry Hatcher in real life, that would happen to her would have had more than just a few hairs in her head. Like, didn't it look like she was going to die? That What happens to her again? Rocket pack flames that go right into her face. I was like, well, she's dead. <laughs> well, how fucking gnarly would it have been if, like, Robert Rodriguez was like, all right, this is going to be the one moment where I'm going to put in some fucking cool shit. And it's just like an Indiana Jones face melting practical <laughs> effect. <laughs> like a lingering <laughs> shot awesome. on her, like, death throws on the ground. Yeah. Just one, and then it can go back to, like, Alan Cumming, like, fucking, you know, fopping about. <laughs> By the way, Isidore Cortez, also known as Machete, is a fictional character in the Spy Kid films, the Grindhouse fake trailer, and the Machete films. So he is playing the same character? Yep. Of course he is. In two wildly different genres, as oh I understand God. them to be. <laughs> Josh, we've had the climax of the movie, like Corey mentioned, there's this little tag on the end. I wanted to come to you because I, I think that you're with the sentimentality of this movie, maybe more than anybody else on the podcast tonight. Can you tell us what happens um, here in the last scene? And and did you buy it? Did, were you um, feeling affirmed as a family man watching this? Uh, they get a message from what you assume is the head spy. It's George Clooney. It's good to see George. I haven't seen him in anything for a while, actually, so it was good to see George. But anyway, mm-hmm. he pops on the screen and he's like, hey, we need two spies for this mission. And Antonio's like, hey, we're retired. And he's like, actually, I'm talking to the new spy kids because everyone knows Junie is such a bang-up spy. We gotta have him on staff. <laughs> so, it, anyway, then the kids are like, well, actually, we value family, too. And... It's literally the whole family, including the uncle who's now like close knit with the family, looking at the camera saying family is the most important thing. And Pappy, I just find it ironic that you find it so corny or whatever. What did you say earlier? Like preachy. But for some reason, when Fast and Furious franchise does it, you love it. No, okay. <laughs> I thought the movie was just generally a little bit preachy. I think this last shot does kind of work for me a little bit. I mean, this is like on family. the borderline family. of cheese. Family. 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 <laughs> family. family. This is where we need Mikey. <laughs> but Sorry. <laughs> I think it's, I don't, I don't know. I think it is kind of sweet. I mean, it's like. This is this is written and directed by Robert Rodriguez. He's leaving the audience with the entire cast looking at the you know the people watching the movie directly and saying the most important thing you can do is keep your family together. I mean that seems pretty sincere and earnest. And it, I I buy it, um, Corey. I'm guessing it didn't melt your cold cold heart. <laughs> That, so you're saying that's the substance this movie has to offer. Listen, I'm not saying it's. Is that right? I'm not saying it's trying to explain our place in the universe, but it, you know, it's. You could have a worse message. 
I guess so. Yeah. It could be like, you know, I guess I'm not going to give any harsh examples. It could be worse. You're right. I, you know, I'm not particularly moved by this movie, but the fact that you're pointing out that there is a message, I guess, is a, a good thing for it, you know, for the kids. I mean, I want to ask, I want to do a quick roundtable, maybe, and you guys can each kind of tell me what you think. What do you think is better, Brett? Hook or Spy Kids? A hook by a billion times. <laughs> what about you, Pappy? Hook. Ooh. For sure. Josh. Hook. Me too. I bet you Stevie wouldn't say that, though. And, you know, you're probably right, actually, but Stevie's like a hater. When he hates something, he really, like, hates it into the ground. With all of his soul. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Like, Love you, Stevie. I compare the sentimentality to a movie like Hook, where there's a lot of, um, uh, I guess, I don't want to say themes. I don't know if that's the right word. But themes. <laughs> themes. <laughs> there's the idea in Hook of, like, not losing that inner child and how it can um, affect you and your family and like what it, you know, what it means to like maintain that little bit of inner light. And I think, I I don't know. I just personally kind of look to that movie as the best way to like um, push a message like that to a kid through a movie with its execution. It's not just in what they say, but it's in everything in the movie. Like it permeates in all of hook and it's comes naturally to Robin Williams. Sure. But like the score just the way the whole movie's laid out. Uh, this one, they just... It's just like an excuse, I think, for, uh, like I said, like green screen chaos, nightmare, <laughs> PlayStation 1 graphics with kids flying <laughs> jetpacks over them kind of thing. It's just... it's Again, it's a nightmare. Josh, is keeping to get a family together a difficult mission but worth fighting for? I gotta go back to Concord High School football. F-5-O-H, man. Mm. F-5-O-H. Faith. That's well said. I feel like the more Family. negative I am about a movie, the more depressed Josh gets on a podcast. <laughs> <and> I, <laughs> it does kind of get I Josh I feel bad down. when that happens because I like happy Josh. <laughs> the thing is, Josh was never happier than on It's Pat, which is just terrible. That we have never to, happier. Happiest day of his life. Never happier. Best <laughs> day of his life for counting down from four, from five. His marriage... It's three kids burst in the It's Pat podcast. That's number one. So say we all. But let's get in. Any final thoughts? Anything that we neglected to discuss? Well, we didn't fully explain F5OH. Yeah, I was listening, Josh. I, was, I think they did cut you off. I, I, maybe Pappy just doesn't feel like it's I mean, pod worthy. But. This is literally a podcast with <laughs> listeners all over the world. If you want to explain... Your high school football slogan. Go he, ahead. He didn't even it. play high. We neither one of us played high school football. Yeah, family, none of faith, football, friends. What is it? Uh, basically, what I'm saying, and this can apply to folks all over the world, at least here in the Midwest. Yes, family is a top priority for folks. Just above friends, and just below faith, as Concord High School is heavy, believe. There you go. Any other final Josh, thoughts? are you like a, would you say you're like an Al Bundy type? Like, you know, it always goes back to the, Glory to your days. high school football days <laughs> when you scored 
three touchdowns in one game. Glory days. Brent really when is right. Kid, he, when he was in high school, he used to be able to throw football over the mountains. I never even <laughs> yeah. played high school football. Or I never even played football. So Honestly, <laughs> never once. Josh is so tall, have out on a football field, his knees would just get destroyed. Instantly. That's not it true would be at all. Terrifying to watch. But any any spy kids. Anything same else? height as my brother. Anything else? Yeah, I found a, a trivia on IMDb, and it might be a lie, but I want to pretend it's true. Mm. It says Brie Larson and Elizabeth Olsen auditioned uh, yeah. for the role of Carmen Cortez. Wow. Guess they weren't good enough. Alexa Pina Vega is the one who got the role. It, do you guys they know her? They weren't half Hispanic enough. Do you know her from anything else? No. I'm scrolling through IMDb. I haven't seen any of these things. She's. She's Corey's age now. Oh, she's old. She didn't um, used to be Corey's age, but now she is. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Let's um, let's get into yes or no's. I'll go first again. Um, first of all, most importantly, <laughs> I think we need to say thank you to the quarterback of the New York Jets, Zach Wilson, <laughs> on his generous donation to this podcast. I... Thank you so much for being a patron. Uh, I, I think I hope you're happy with the way that the poll came out. Well, I'll tell you this: I would almost guarantee that Almost Famous will get picked someday, so you'll get to hear both those podcasts. Yeah. Uh, but, but sincerely, thank you for uh, your contribution. I'm gonna give Spy Kids a soft yes. Part of this is definitely nostalgia. Like you know, I can vividly remember seeing this in a movie theater and i had a much better experience than well i guess Corey liked it at the time i i liked it at the time um i feel like it actually not to adults maybe but to kids holds up remarkably well i feel like basically at any point in time anyone under the age of 10 is going to be entertained by spy kids i'm not gonna lie there's not much there for adults had i not seen this when i was a kid i'd probably give it a no but i think it's hearts in the right place i think there's a decent amount of creativity um and it's less than 90 minutes or exactly 90 minutes depending on which cut you watch so you can dig into the different cuts of spy kids and have a whole debate about that (laughs) so i will give this there's one the one with harrison ford doing the voiceover yeah that's the best one um we were we were new spy kids but we were spy kids nonetheless it was time to get started you really phoned that in to bullcrap soft yes for spy kids given all robert rodriguez's movies yeses so far in this podcast uh Corey, i think we went to you next Ooh, the book of boba fett this is not my friend there's no fan service, you know? Mm. You, gotta, you gotta have more fan service if you're gonna get a yes from me. If Luke Skywalker no, would have showed up, it would have been amazing. Oh man, imagine if Luke showed up at the end with a lightsaber. Effects? <laughs> cool. Sorry, real I've quick. I've never heard Corey make that noise before. <laughs> Corey, the effects for this movie were done at Skywalker Ranch, I believe, so it could have happened. Many awful things have been conceived in Skywalker Ranch, Pappy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. <laughs> Uh, well, let's see. I don't like the way this movie looks, and I don't like the leads. I don't like their act, their acting. Um, mainly that little kid, and fuck him for giving my cousin a hard time. You know, I don't know exactly what went down in their relationship, but I kind of got the idea my cousin was being bullied by this guy. I don't know. Um, the story is pretty serviceable. 
for little kids, you know, it, it, it kind of captures that, like, um, the mystique of like, we're kids, but we're going to do something adventurous. So it has a plus on that end, but I just personally don't like the way it executes and it's really hard to get past the way it looks. This is not a particularly good movie. I'm going to give it a no, of course. Don't really like it. Robert Rodriguez is a is a person that seems to have like a fuckload of street cred for making those El Mariachi movies, but he is he's turned out some shit that I don't like. Same. Anyway, not surprising. Um, I do want to say <clears throat> that spoilers is a family. Sorry. He's getting emotional. It's, it's getting hey, real man. emotional about like, geez. I'm trying to Sorry, stop. Man. Spoilers it's okay. is a family. It's okay. And if you pick on one of our cousins, you're picking on all of, all of our cousins. So fuck you, Daryl. Uh, I think Sabara. Corey's cousin was probably bullying no. this kid. This is this is like Spider-Man. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. <laughs> fuck you, Daryl. You know what you did to Corey's cousin. You're never this, welcome on this podcast. <clears throat> this is your family? As I tear up here, Josh... You get to swing this back more positive? Yeah, I think probably what happened is like Daryl got an A. Is that his name? Daryl? Daryl Sabara. Daryl got an A on a test and he under his breath was like, yes. And Corey's cousin from like two aisles, aisles away got like a C minus. And he saw this yeah, little he's motion. Been mad about it ever and since. he's like, oh, dude, yeah. that guy's so full of himself because he's on Spy Kids. that's what happened if i described my cousin jimmy to you you might not feel that way but i'll leave it at that (laughs) okay i have red hair though we're just gonna we're just gonna move along um (laughs) i i think intellectually this isn't like a super stimulating movie for an adult obviously it's it was fun to watch it in a critiquing way this time as an adult but even when trying to do that i had this realization about halfway through that it was the most comfortable i'd felt watching a movie in a long time and if stevie is allowed to name a movie like the gray a comfort movie (laughs) and give that as a reason (laughs) that he likes it so much i'm gonna say that same thing about this like i could totally see this being like whether the kids are around or possibly even not just a rainy day on maybe there's a couple naps taken during the movie, but just like very feel good makes you feel like a kid if you're paying attention to it. And if you're not paying attention to it, not too much lost either. So super soft kid, juvenile, youthful. Yes. Two soft yeses and a no Brett. Usually positive. I'm kind of where Josh is. Uh, I, I remember watching this movie last night for the first time. I'd never seen it. Like I said, I always got it mixed up with Baby Geniuses. So um, I think which came out around the same time. I don't know. I just remember thinking this movie is really stupid, but I I enjoy I'm enjoy I'm enjoying it. So uh, again, Alan Cumming, which who we mentioned a lot earlier, but I don't think anyone mentioned in the. The yes or no's. I mean, he was a huge bright spot for me. I like Tony Shalhoub pretty much in everything. Um, Robert Patrick was Robert Patrick in this movie. So, um, you know, Carla Cugino, whatever. I've, I've always enjoyed looking at her. She's very, very pretty. Um, hey, now. This is not. 
this is not his best movie. It's not as good as uh, Sin City or Desperado, but it's a lot better than From Dust Till Dawn. So, um, yeah, it's it's a soft yes. I, I, I enjoyed watching this. I, I actually try not to judge it as an adult. I see what they were going for, and I thought it worked for that. And, again, I enjoyed it. Um, I just, I mean, there were a lot of stupid things, and the CGI didn't hold up, but, yeah. Good enough for me. I enjoyed it. So, uh, soft yes. There you go. We came out uh, three yeses, one no. I do know for the record that Mikey and Stevie both hate this movie, so they would have given it (laughs) no's, but they're not here tonight. So, good pick, Zach. We liked it. We enjoyed the movie. It was a fun podcast. But as is tradition, I do have a quick trivia closest to Weast to East. Don't think too hard about it. Just say a number. As of 2019, according to the International Spy Museum in D.C., how many people living in Washington, D.C. are spies? Closest to the winner of this will close out the episode. Throw to spoiler, man. Corey, we'll start with you. Uh, there's only one spy living in D.C. One. I feel like you're trying to throw it here. Nope. You can go negative. Can't be that many spies living in D.C. Josh. <laughs> yeah, I just disagree with Corey. This whole pod, it's been a battle. So I think it's more like a million. Okay. Brett. I'm going to hedge my bets here. <laughs> and <laughs> My original guess was going to be 19, but I guess I'll go with uh, 200. According to the International Spy Museum in Washington, D.C., which is apparently an amazing museum. I've heard I've had multiple people tell me it's one of the coolest things they've done in D.C. Um, I haven't been there, but there are 10,000 spies living in Washington, D.C. Brett, you are closer. Corey, you were second. Josh, you were farthest (laughs) off with a million. Josh, you were the least right on this podcast. That's what that represents. But Brett, go ahead and, and close us out here. Oh, uh, yeah. So I don't was listening what I was supposed to do. Uh, thank you, Lord uh, of the, the Rings. Ooh. Oh yeah. Ba-ba-bum, yeah. Bum, so bum. thank you to the patron. Uh, we really enjoyed that this movie. Uh, talking about this movie at least. So uh, we're going to be doing. What everyone's been waiting for coming up. We got The Return of the King, seven episodes, and even though it's crazy that timestamps will almost continue to tear us apart because I volunteered to do it myself, and Josh almost literally said, Brett, you're not good enough and smart enough to do it. (laughs) Oh my God. But I did it anyway. Did he not come off that way, guys? A little bit. So I did it anyway. Uh, We'll see if it's good enough, and we're excited to do that. It's coming up soon. Uh, I think we got Boondock Saints coming soon. That's, <laughs> That's already all out. Be out. Yeah. Yeah. That's all out, guys. It's all out. Uh, so let's just go ahead and take it away, spoiler man. Let's do it. Special thank you to our patrons. Matt Troll. I built him! His name is... X52495. The second. Brother Brian. 
We have good reason to keep secrets. Druid King. You kidnapped my parents, made Sega robot children, and swallowed up my sister. Nick. Mommy's mimicking me. Mommy's mimicking me. The Meg. But our first billion dollars bought us only this. David. Now flushing your poop. Nurse Stacy. We're trapped. Loop is a madman. Help us. Save us. Loop is a madman. Help us. Save us. Brother Ellis. My parents can't be spies. They're not cool enough. Make sure to check out Corey's podcast, Big Dumb Movie. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible. Spy work? That's easy. Keeping a family together? That's difficult. And that's the mission worth fighting for. That was spoilers.